I just love getting hot flashes, being irritable and not being able to sleep at night, said no woman ever. <laughs> well, they're the <laughs> symptoms of menopause. And that is what we'll be talking about today. Not just the symptoms, but the solutions. Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Joining me now, who you heard giggling with that open, <laughs> is Dr. David Rosensweet. He's the medical director of Bright. He helps medical professionals assist women in their journey through menopause, and he also helps to support women and men with hormone replacement therapy. So thank you so much for joining us, doctor. My pleasure. Let's talk about menopause, pre-menopause, perimenopause, all those fun things women get to go through before we actually dive into some of the uh, help that you have available for them. What would you like to, where would you like to begin? What it is? What, uh, yes, what it is, sure. you know, when, how we can, you know, kind of manage it, but what, what are some of the major symptoms that women experience and what age does it actually start? It starts well, before actual menopause is perimenopause. Yes. Um, well, you, I start with knowing that a woman or a man, our peak hormone output from a woman's ovaries or a man's testicles is at the age of 20, plus or minus two years. And then the decline begins. And these are the most powerful biochemicals in our body. So they do a lot of things. And when we don't have them or when they decline, we get into a lot of symptoms, small, medium, or large. As early as the 30s, women can start getting imbalances of the ovarian hormones that lead to the return of PMS, to lead to mood, mood changes, sleep changes, they creep up on you. So it's not like it happens overnight. But uh, there can be significant biological changes taking place as early as the 30s. In fact, I love to help young women understand this. And I've written a book for, to that regard. And they can download that uh, free PDF copy of that book from your website, if you'd like. Okay, I will put the link, but what is what is it as well? What is the link? It's called, it's, uh, well, if you could get that from our staff, we'll, they'll send you the link and okay. your audience can download the free PDF copy because if a young woman's aware of it, it won't, uh, she'll, she can start addressing the decline of progesterone, mm -hmm. which could really be significant in her 30s. That and, is, you know, can I just stop you there? Because her, you know, when I was in my 30s, that's probably the last thing I was thinking about. I was trying to have a baby when I was in my 30s. So the decline of my hormones was not even on my radar. I would never have thought of trying to prepare for menopause at the age of 30. So that's something I think is important to just get out there right now. If there's a young woman listening or an older woman listening that has happens to have a daughter or granddaughter, that's kind of important, right? To be able yeah. to recognize that. And what do we need to do? Take, get the to someone who knows about it, and, <laughs> and you can even get over-the-counter progesterone. It's it's okay. so beneficial, and it's a safe thing to do. Mm -hmm. You can't get the dosages too high because over-the-counter, they're not too high, and okay. a lot of it could be done. But I think it gets more relevant for women in their 40s and early 50s. Mm -hmm. The yes. declines for most women get so profound that the body doesn't work as well. And there's so many different things that can show up. For example, it's shocking to the body to lose that much estrogen. And women can start getting hot flashes. 
not so bad during the day, they're inconvenient, many women tolerate them, but when they happen in the middle of the night, then that can wake a woman up and it can keep her up for, for a couple of hours, even with a racing mind, start losing sleep, this is a big deal. And there's other changes that can take place, brain fog, loss of libido, having to use lubrication on intercourse that you never had to use. These are some of the long list of symptoms and signs that can take place as a woman is losing her hormones. Absolutely. So what is a woman to do about this? And is hormone replacement safe? Let me answer that first critical question first. <laughs> you know, life on earth has got many crazinesses that occur. And one of them was what happened to the whole field of replenishing hormones. False information was taken up by the press, blasted out to the world, and it, it uh, scared women and healthcare providers all over the planet. Prior to 2002, there were 18 million women in menopause on hormones. That was 40% of all the American women in menopause. And then out comes this study in 2002 called the Women's Health Initiative that was falsely reported. It suggested there was increased risk. But when I read the, the actual report, I went, wait a minute, there, there's no increased risk here. For one thing, women on Premarin, horse urine-derived estrogen, they had less of a risk of breast cancer than women who were not treated at all. And women how was the report misconstrued? How did that happen? How in, how does insanity happen? <laughs> how do the rest of the insane things that are going on on this planet actually happen? I can't. Ex I, I I know the details of how this uh, evolved, but the bottom line is it exploded out into the world. Prem Pro had something called an, a statistically insignificant increased risk. That was Premarin combined with a progestin. But when a physician sees statistically insignificant, we know immediately that no conclusions can be drawn. Mm -hmm. So I read that original study and I saw that both of them, one of them had reduced risk and the other one had no significant, nothing we could conclude about it. However, it's terrified women in America and healthcare providers all over the all over the world, really. And from 18 million, it probably dropped to 1 million or 2 million. And wow. the consequences those women was are really dramatic. And that's that was the most awful thing, not to mention scaring women away from hormones. What's important to know is that original study committee published in the original journal in 2017. What was a retraction? They said, and I'm almost quoting this directly, that after 18 years of follow-up, there was no increased risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke. That's the actual science. So where was that being reported? I mean, and once the, the horse is out of the barn, so That's to right. speak, it's really hard to put it back in. Once people hear that, it's very hard to retract it. So 
So you're saying that information that was I'm published saying. by the original committee in the original yes. Journal of American Medical Association, but it didn't get anywhere near the distribution that the original study did. Now that information is creeping into traditional medicine. It's creeping in there, but there are a certain number of gynecologists that they have been exposed to that retraction and they, they're aware of it and they're prescribing. And so are many different doctors. But you know, for women, to if you really want to know, read chapter three of my book. Mm -hmm. I summarize it and I give references. And then there's a Bible out there written by an oncologist who specialized in treating women with breast cancer with hormones. And he has an ongoing study. Okay. And is what Robert is that? Blooming. What is that called? Robin Blooming. And the book is called Estrogen Matters. Okay. And I quote it in my book, and but the, the the book is Estrogen Matters. If you're really scientifically oriented, and if you just want to know what the facts are, women we're all at risk for thousands of diagnoses. Sure, yeah. I tell you, there's a lot of things out there that we can get, and a lot of them are unfavorable. We're at risk for hundreds of cancers. As a male, I have increased relative risk for getting prostate cancer, and women have an increased relative risk of getting breast cancer relatively over other cancers. And there's mm -hmm. definite reasons for this. This has not always been the case. And yet the science is women who are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke than women who do not receive hormonal treatment. That's and let me ask you this question. I'm going to play devil's advocate. So, and this is what I've heard and it, may or may not be true, but I have heard when you replace your hormones, then your body stops producing those particular hormones and you will always need to be on this medication. Is that correct or not correct? Well, it's not enough of the story. Okay. Like well, if you take a woman who has a very healthy thyroid gland and you start treating her with thyroid hormone for reasons unknown, you can't imagine someone doing that, her body will read, hey, there's too much thyroid hormone here, and it will suppress the woman's thyroid gland, and she'll become reliant on the thyroid that she's taking. Now, how many times does that occur? Close to zero. <laughs> Good doctors understand thyroid. They're not going to treat a woman who doesn't have evidence of low thyroid. Right. It's different with the ovaries. Okay. The ovaries decline universally. So did the testicles. Universally. Everybody, that means. And by the time a woman lost her period, her ovaries are no longer functioning. So you're, you're not going to shut down your ovaries. Nature is... Shuts down your over, but isn't that just kind of some people would argue that's part of life? I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate here. It's part of life, that's the way the process works. But you're saying, but why? Why can't we do something to try to help ourselves? We have modern medicine. Why not try? I, I, somebody did tell me one time when you take hormone replacement, you won't become a little old lady. That's what I heard. Another most, doctor told me that. That is so. It's so different. I mean, for a couple hundred thousand years, we've been developing. There was no such thing as menopause. Women didn't live that long. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so fortunately, we have menopause. 
That's right. We're not, now, we're, now there is such a thing. And there is a choice because for one thing, for over a thousand years, hormones have been re replaced. The Chinese figured it out a thousand years ago. The aristocracy had the young, healthy women urinate in a container and they collected a bunch of, and they dried it out. And the aristocracy took the powder that was left behind because there's loaded with hormones. And they did the no same kidding. with males. <laughs> they, they did the same okay. with males. Why would yeah. you do that? Well, I was talking with a colleague of mine, and we were trying to come up with an estimate of what percentage of women who are in assisted living facilities and nursing homes are there because of low hormones. Our best guess is 80 to 90%. I've heard one physician say 100%. Wow. A gerontologist said to our senior medical class, in 1968, you can do the math if you want. That's how long I've been doing this. Mm -hmm. um, he said, you know, you're senior medical students. You know so many diagnoses. Let me tell you what's happening to old people. They're losing their muscles. They can't stand or walk with stability. They fall onto their osteoporotic hips and they mm -hmm. die. You want to do yep. something for older people? Protect their muscles and their bones. The way to do that is with hormones. Okay. It's only the hormones that are going to retain those muscles. If you look at most older folks, they got very thin thighs and they're mm -hmm. using canes, then walkers, and then wheelchairs. That's the moment that for many families, they can't take care of. Mm -hmm. uh, and women lose the muscle that holds up the bladder. They get incontinent. They get into adult diapers and cognitive decline because of loss of estrogen in the brain. That's what gets most women into nursing homes. So there are a few exceptions. Oh, you read about the exceptions. God, she was 104 and still smoking a pack a day. Those yeah. exceptions <laughs> yeah. But there, there are some anomalies, but that's not generally the case. Um, you know, and I would argue to add to that, you know, a little bit of exercise couldn't hurt uh, people as well, you know, especially. Yes, very important. Training. But yeah. it's very unlikely that the exercise alone, I mean, you know how important exercise is. You, you don't exercise, you lose it. That's it. Absolutely. It's, Use it or lose simple. it, of course. But you're yes. not going, even with exercise, there's going to be very few people who are going to be able to retain enough muscles to avoid mm -hmm. walkers and wheelchairs. Okay. So this is interesting to me because I'm getting up there, you know, and, and it's, but it doesn't sound like it's just for menopause. It can sound like it can be for you at any age. Menopause might be the time that you might actually really need the replacement, but this can be for men or women at any age, like when they've gotten older mm -hmm. and they've started to really lose those hormones. So how do you know when it's right for you? Who do it, you go to, to talk about this and figure out what's the right dosage and so forth? Yeah, at any age, no, it's midlife. Midlife, there I should say, but some, there are some even women after that, menopause, I'm saying, later in life. Well, the ideal time to intercept it is when the hormones are declining significantly and you're getting symptoms. Mm -hmm. When you lose the most powerful biochemicals that are active in your body, you feel it big time. So there's a long list of life-stopping symptoms that 75% of all American women get into. They can't sleep. Their mood has changed dramatically. They can't, can't think clearly. They're waking up in the middle of the night and they're they staying awake for a couple of hours because of the biology, the stress response. There is a long list of symptoms. And that's, 
I always consider the women who have those symptoms to be very fortunate because it inspires them to see if anything can be done about it. There's 25% of the women who don't have symptoms. They're still undergoing the losses of muscle, vagina, bones, mind that the other women are, are undergoing. But they think, what the heck? Why would anyone be concerned about menopause? They don't feel it. Those are the women I'm most concerned about because they don't have any inspiration to do anything about it. But 75% of the women, their lives are going to be stopped. And they're wow. going to. So what do you do? What's the first step? Who do you go to? What kind of doctor? Who knows about Here's this enough? Things. You got to go shopping. Mm. That's you've got to find a licensed healthcare provider, a physician, a nurse practitioner, a PA, or a, a advising compounding pharmacist who really knows this stuff. And you know, if you wanted to go to a gynecologist or a neurologist or a urologist, there's 50 in your town that are really good. Their training is fabulous. They may differ according to bedside manner and skill level, but you know the majority of them are gonna be highly trained, highly skilled. This is not true for hormones. While the medical profession was individuating out into specialties, out comes the Women's Health Initiative scared providers away from it. There is no medical specialty called treating women or men. And there's very few providers who have done the heavy lifting, but they're out there. You could contact okay. our group. And where do we contact your group? Bright.live. Okay. Bright spelled B-R-I-T-E, correct? Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Bright.live, not .com or anything, bright.live. Okay. And how does your group work with people? What do you do? Well, the main thing I do is I train physicians and nurse practitioners to become experts at this. Mm -hmm. And they undergo a rather rigorous training and an ongoing mentoring and they get good at it. You know, when they choose to specialize in it and they see a lot of patients and they've got the basic education, they get really good at it. Another resource that you could do is there's 8,500 compounding pharmacies in the United States. There's three in your town or more. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, really we have more. them. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones who are dispensing these compounded bioidentical hormones. And they know who's writing prescriptions to them. And they know who the good ones are. Oh, that's a very yes. good idea. Because so that's another way. Yeah, mm -hmm. because unfortunately, it's the Wild West. There is no formal training programs. You have to really reach out. And Yes, you know, yes. Well, that's what's kind of scary about it, to be honest with you. I mean, if someone's not is. really trained in this, <laughs> you don't want to just go to anyone. But that's why I say hone your shopping skills. Mm -hmm. Well, do, does your group also work directly with patients or only with well, doctors the, and nurses? All the physicians and nurse practitioners that I train, they all work with, directly with patients. And we've got mm -hmm. most of the 50 states covered. Okay. So if you contact our group, we can usually refer you to someone. Okay. Telemedicine, it's just opened this field up beautifully. Yes, it's amazing. Because and do you need a blood test or a saliva test or anything like that to check your levels? How do you know where someone is? Um, well, I want to just continue a little further with how oh, you discriminate. I'm sorry. My apologies. Go ahead. With, with telemedicine, you can get treated by someone in your state. All they have to do is be licensed in your state. So it really opens the door. 
you need to see an actual in-person visit with a provider who's doing internal medicine or gynecology. You cannot get a female exam by telemedicine, but yeah. you do not need to see someone in person for menopause or andropause. Mm -hmm. So long as you have a primary care provider who can handle your in-person needs, it can all be done by telemedicine. I know this, I've been doing this for 14 years by telemedicine mm -hmm. alone. Okay. And so you just got to go shopping and you've got to find someone. Here's the criteria. Number one, that they've got additional training and that they focused in on this as part of their special interest. And they really care about it. And they, they've seen a lot of patients. That's really important. And then you call their office and you talk to their office manager and you get a feel for the office. And there's some providers, especially those doing telemedicine, that'll give you a free 15-minute consult so you can get a sense about whether you like them and you trust them. And mm -hmm. if you read my book, you'll have a few questions to throw their way to see if they really know their stuff. Again, I'll, I'll put the link to your book in the, yeah. in the show notes so people can get to that easily. Well, that's terrific. But is there a way for them to know where you're starting, what you need? Isn't everyone different? Yeah. And mm -hmm. you're going to, it's, it's ideal to start when you finally go, I need to start. <laughs> Something's going on here. Yes. Right. And we don't care at whatever age that is. I didn't start treating my mom because she wouldn't let me until she was 86. But the best time is in the perimenopause. And, you know, so when you start getting symptoms, you start the process. This is not a medical emergency when you first start off. You start the process and you go shopping and you find a provider you like. And then you team it with that provider. And I've given this roadmap on how to do that in the book. If you go in there with a certain level of knowledge and they're writing the prescriptions, you can do a really good job. We never test in the beginning hormone levels. We do other blood tests in the beginning, mm -hmm. but not hormone levels. If a woman hasn't had a period for a couple of years, we give her the opportunity to do the state-of-the-art testing for $300, 24-hour urine. And what do we learn? That she's super low. Mm -hmm. No value whatsoever. You don't need that information. When the ovaries stop working, they stop working. And when they stop working, you don't have a period. So there's no mm -hmm. point in testing. How do I know that? I've tested women. And I, I got to see that, oh, I get to tell them that they're super low on hormones. And they got to pay $300 for that. <laughs> <laughs> but do, does every woman have the, once the, the ovaries stop producing uh, the certain, you know, uh, hormones, do you, does everyone need the same amount then no. after that? No. Okay. But I want to continue to answer your first good question in this regard. Women in the perimenopause get so erratic in their ovarian hormone output. Like young women, they get this smooth production over the course of a month. Very predictable, mm -hmm. very smooth. When you get into the perimenopause, you get erratic because the pituitary is trying to stimulate that ovary back into action. It'll get a brief burst of hormones, but it won't sustain. So you can have a woman mm -hmm. who's having hot flashes in the middle of the night, she's low on estrogen, but mm -hmm. we tested her on the wrong day when she had a burst. And I did this, I made this mistake. Uh -huh. I, when she was, I knew she needed estrogen. I did a 24 hour urine hormone test. I'm lingering on that because that's the gold standard for testing hormones. And uh, she gets back a report that she's high in estrogens. And I say, well, I wanna treat you with estrogens 
And she looked at me like, I, what? <laughs> you just tested me? <laughs> He's out of his mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the last time I did that. <laughs> and there's no need to. We test 100% of the women at this magic moment, usually at the three to six month mark, when the woman said, oh my God, I feel myself again. Yes. Then we do a hundred, then we test them with 24 year hormone test. They still will probably need some tweaking of the dosage to get it really optimal. Mm -hmm. That's how we test. And if you want to know if someone is really good, if they're doing 24 hour urine hormone testing, it's a high likelihood that they've done some real extra heavy lifting to learn about this. It's one okay. of the you can use. It's not the only one you can, you need to use. I wrote that. Now, are you on hormone replacement yourself? Oh, you are. <laughs> every single day. Every day. I love it. I'll, I, I'll take it every day I'm alive and capable of opening up the top. <laughs> well, let mind. me ask you about your experience. How did, did you make, how did you feel when you started taking it? Did it change you, your, your outlook, yeah. your personality, your sleep patterns? Yeah, and it, it changed my function. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I had learned about it from years and I had studied it. And then one day I say, I wonder if I'm getting low on testosterone. And boy, I started taking it and the benefits are huge. That so, is tremendous. And you now let's talk about the delivery method. You say uh, transdermal is the best way to get hormones. Yeah. I mean, there's hormones have been given a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Chinese Birth control is a hormone. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but we've learned so much over the course of many, many years, like we learned with oral estrogen given in the birth control pill, mm -hmm. that a certain amount of women would get clots in their legs and even in their lungs. And we know why that occurs. And so the way to deliver estrogen most safely is to the skin. You apply an oils or a cream or a gel to the skin. And testosterone, you can't get an oral version of it. It's unsafe. It can really injure the liver. So estrogen and testosterone are imperative through the skin, from my perspective, because we're trying to do best medicine. We don't want to, sure. we don't want to, I don't want to run into the one in a thousand women who get a blood clot. I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> so are you saying birth control pills should be delivered that way as well? Well, the, the studies haven't been done. So no. Birth control okay. is a whole other story. They, you know, birth control is a is a big subject. So mm -hmm. I'd rather not drift into that because okay. um well you bring topics up and I'm gonna ask the question because that's, that's just I'm curious by my nature. I mean that's why go, I do this. Go down any path you want. <laughs> I'm but happy. uh let's talk about your product. Great. Let's I would like to learn well, a little bit more about that. About 18 years ago, I'd been treating women for 12 years. I'd never seen a hormone. And the hormones were prepared by compounding pharmacies and shipped to my patients directly. Mm -hmm. And I knew they came in creams and gels. And my pharmacist at the time misshipped one directly to my office rather than to my patient. And they used to come in white cosmetic jars. I'd been prescribing for 12 years. I had never seen a hormone. I was fascinated. I broke the seal, opened up the jar, and out came this strong odor. And I oh. learned that these were strong solvents because these steroid hormones are very poorly soluble. You have to use strong solvents to get them up in the solution. So my son and I didn't like that. 
because I'm here I am, a holistic doc detoxifying patients, and I'm asking them to apply a quart of a strong solvent to their mm -hmm. skin every day, every year. So we developed and patented organic oils as a method to deliver this. And it's great. And there, we, we researched the oils. We contacted the oil lady. There's a woman on this planet known as the oil lady. Uh -huh. <laughs> For good reason. She really knows her stuff. And she helped us develop a formula that was really healthy uh, to apply to the skin. Because 99% tremendous. of what you're applying is the thing that carries the hormones. So what is the result of this over these past many years now that you've been doing it with women and with men? The result is happens almost every day. I hear this most gratifying sound. Well, let me tell you what happened yesterday. I was uh, one of the doctors who signed into our educational program was very excited about her being treated because I treat those doctors that join our educational programs. What a better way to learn than starting with yourself. Mm -hmm. And But the thing that she wanted to do is she wanted to introduce me to her 77-year-old mom who was in the room. And because her mom felt a world of difference and her mom got on this Zoom call and her mom was so touched. She was constantly doing this because... Treat, being treated with hormones were making a major difference in her mood, in her sleep, in all the symptoms that he, she had still at the age of 77. So when I hear a woman say, oh my God, I'm myself again, well, that's a very rewarding thing. That's, that's a profoundly rewarding thing. So that is absolutely. I forgot, I forgot what your question was, but <laughs> no, that was my question. What are the results? And and uh, you're treating men as well. We shouldn't leave them oh, yeah. out. <laughs> Definitely. And then the women who are getting treated or wanting their husbands treated, their partners treated. <laughs> I'm getting much younger. You better hang in there with me, buddy. Or <laughs> yeah. right. I like it. I like that. So I also need to ask this question: Are there any negatives? Are there any side effects that you know we should discuss so that just to be you know transparent with people who might be watching or listening to this excellent question no oh okay good <laughs> unless you don't do the process properly right if you're really educated and you really do the process properly all you're doing is replenishing hormones to levels that are good for menopause or andropause aged men, we don't have to restore the periods 99% of the time. So if this is the level that young women need, like some women need this much to be fertile, healthy, regular periods, other women need this much, three times as much. What menopausal women need is this much, right mm -hmm. below young women's need. You don't need to menstruate to get the benefits. Oh, That's please don't bring that back again. Nobody wants that. <laughs> That's 99% of the women. There's rare exceptions where we have to get much richer on the estrogen dose to bring back the mind. And mm -hmm. we, even to the point of bringing the period back, but that's very rare that we do that. So when you say bring back the mind, you're talking about brain fog. You're not really addressing it. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not. Does it affect the chances of getting dementia when you lose your hormones? We don't know what percentage of women who have dementia or the process on the way to dementia is simply because of losing their estrogen. 
but it's a very, very high percentage. So I'll, really? tell you, I'll tell you a story. Yes, very high. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many estrogen receptor sites in the brain. And so I was, I was called to testify in front of the National Academy of Science. They had a committee on compounded bioidentical hormones. And I did research on the other doctors who were going to... I'm so sorry. I did, I did research on the other doctors that were going to testify with me. And I learned one of the women was on a dosage protocol that had brought her period back. And I knew that that was a bugaboo of the committee. So mm -hmm. as she's sitting down, just before our panel was about to start, I said to her, are you going to tell them that you were on that, that you got your period back protocol? And she winked at me and she said, no, no, she was very aware. That was, but here's the story she told me. And this is, this is rare, but it's worth telling. She was 55, practicing physician in Washington, D.C., and she was starting to lose her ability to think and remember patients and remember their medical stories. And it was scaring her because her mom had dementia and her aunt and her mom's sister had dementia. And she was sure she was heading down that path. And it scared her. And she thought she was mm -hmm. going to have to give up practice. But she knew the relationship of estrogen to her brain function. So she started taking estrogen. And she cleared up a little bit. So she started taking a little more. She cleared up more. She kept on increasing her dose until she cleared up 100%. And she had to use such high doses that her period came back. And at 65, when she and her son and I had lunch together, she was as clear as a bell and told wow. me that story. And I had tears in my eyes to see a oh. living human being that had the real story there. And that's an exception. But a high percentage of women get brain fog when they enter into menopause and most of them clear up on those lesser doses that I was talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about men who are experiencing, you know, brain fog or symptoms of, you know, maybe mental decline? Well, there's a book out there called the end of Alzheimer's by a medical doctor named Dale Bredesen. And when you're talking about loss of brain function, there's many possible causes. And in men, it isn't so much the hormones we go looking at the other causes, primarily in men. So, um, that, amyloids, that all of that. Pardon? Yeah. Amyloids, that type of thing. Well, that's that's one of the things we see, but mm -hmm. that's not a cause. Mm -hmm. That's a result. That's mm -hmm. a result. So, yes. toxicity, uh, toxic exposures, str uh, accumulated stress. Uh, a friend of mine who's a, a holistic neurologist, flashes up a slide when he teaches doctors showing the brain on fire. He said, you want to know what causes uh, dementia? It's primarily inflammation in the brain caused by mm -hmm. excessive dysfunctional response to stress. So there's a bigger story. And the story I told about women reclaiming their, uh, their cognitive function with estrogen, well, it's, it's so common to get back a clear brain with women that it's, you know, it's the number one thing you try. But there are other possible causes in women as well. And those that we don't succeed in getting the brain function back with the estrogen, we go to the other measures if they're motivated okay. to do that. Such an, in, like, such an interesting topic. Uh, there's so much more that I would love to know about this, but I'm sure you summarize much more of it in your book. So again, I will put the the link to uh, that free book in the in the show notes. But if someone wanted to reach you, do you have a website where they can go again? What is that again? Yeah, well, I would go to bright.live. 
or for medical professionals, iobim.org, Institute okay. of Bioidentical Medicine, iobim.org. Okay. I think more, there should be really more medical professionals should be much more aware of this because as you said, hormones control everything. So it's important to know about them and about replacement. And it's unfortunate if one study was misreported and, and, you know, it's almost like when somebody's name is printed in the newspaper, if they've been accused of a crime and it suppose they're found innocent, it doesn't really matter. Once their name has been printed, once people hear about it, they assume they're guilty. And unfortunately, that's kind of the same thing with misinformation. Once it's out there, it's hard to retract. Yeah. Yeah, that's very unfortunate. But mm -hmm. this is such an interesting topic. And I just really appreciate your time, doctor, because I think so many people need to know about this and need, need this type of therapy, especially when they're experiencing so many of these symptoms. And it's not just menopause, but it's all of the symptoms even that follow that. It's, you know, aging pretty much is where we are. So thank you again for joining us. My pleasure. Dr. David Rosensweet, Medical Director of Bright. And thank you for being with me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Hope you'll see, hope to see you again next time. Don't forget to like and follow. So I'll keep you updated on my most recent episode. Till I see you again, keep living well. Mm -hmm.